There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Whether it's on the gridiron. For the end zone, it's Jefferson who's got the touchdown. On the court. Edwards thinking three and popping a three. On the ice. It's Caprice over the open net. Or on the diamond. Buxton hammers that to left field. Another Minnesota home run. Whether it's positive. I think this is a good enough roster to make the playoffs. Or negative. He's terrible. Awful. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Whether there's optimism. Hey, they might be able to even make it to a conference final. Or pessimism. Don't expect me to be super excited. I mean, I don't know. Does this really do much for anybody? There's always something to chat about. Shout out to Minnesota Sports Chat. Keep on being elite. If you're looking for fun, informative, discussion on all things Minnesota sports, you've come to the right place. This is Minnesota Sports Chat, and now, here's your host, Ross Brendel. Welcome inside edition number 149. My Lakeville education tells me that is just one podcast shy of 150, which we will get to next week. But for now, edition number 149 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat, which you know by now is award-winning, if only in my own mind. Please, whether you're listening via Apple or Spotify, please rate and review. If you're listening via the Score North Taxi Squad feed, I encourage you to find Minnesota Sports Chat wherever it is that you get your podcasts and subscribe and download that way. But hey, no matter how you're listening, thank you very much. I am the aforementioned Ross Brendel on Twitter at Brendel Ross, B-R-E-N-D-E-L-R-O-S-S, because the real, in air quotes, Ross Brendel has my Twitter handle, even though he hasn't tweeted in a decade and has been suspended by Twitter. Today's guest from Canis Hoopus is none other than Mr. Mitchell Hansen. He is on that Twitter machine at M underscore Hansen 13. Mitchell, good to catch up. How you been? Good. How are you doing? It's good to see you. You know, I can't complain. I made it through one year, and I am firmly planted into another year here of 2023. So no yes, real complaints. Yeah, same to you. So there, there's a debate going around that I never knew was a debate until I heard it a lot uh, literally late last week and today at the 9 to 5 job at uh, Hubbard Broadcasting. This was largely from some my talk employees, but I did hear some other Hubbard employees talking about it. Mitchell, when do we have to stop saying Happy New Year? How how far into the year do we get? Because I was in the minority here. A lot of people think you should already be done. I kind of think you get at least half of January, don't you? Especially if you haven't seen somebody for a while. Right. I I yeah, I I, I would say probably to me it's like the two week mark. Once you hit the two week mark, it's it's you're kind of fully invested in the into the new year. But I it also, to your point, it, it does depend on who you've seen and who you haven't. If I see you every day, I'm not going to say Happy New Year. But if Correct. I haven't seen you and, you know, like today, I said Happy, we said Happy New Year to each other. And, um, yeah, it depends how often you see somebody or, or what, the, what the occurrence is. I guess. Now, if we recorded another podcast tomorrow or met for a beer flight tomorrow, neither one of us would say Happy New Year because that would be twice in two days. 
if you wanted to meet for a beer flight, I would say Happy New Year to you. That, that would be fine with me. If 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 we wanted to do that, I I could make an exception to that. But I get what you mean. No, I I'm the same way. How far on Christmas lights or holiday lights? Because I'm a firm believer I can keep my Christmas lights up through January 31st. I've also thought about this at great length, more than I should over the last couple of days. I actually think I can get away with Christmas lights until either February 13th or Valentine's Day, because that's that's the next holiday up when you get through the holiday season. Right or wrong on that? I, you know, I'm, I'm with you on, on keeping the lights up. Uh, the normally I'm, I'm somebody that I'll keep my tree up as long as I have my lights up, but I actually did take my tree down a little bit right after uh, Christmas this year. Um, but I actually have all of my lights up still. So I'm, I'm with you. you. That I, I leave them up normally, I don't know, a couple of weeks after Christmas or after the new year into the new year. But yeah, it, I know a lot of people, um, tend to, uh, it's kind of like maybe this past weekend was when, you know, maybe that, that two week mark when they, they start to take things down or the week mark, but so many people sprint to get all their Christmas stuff yeah. out. Like they'll have it out in October, early November, October might be extreme, but they'll have it out in like early November. And then on December 27th, they take it down. And I'm always thinking to myself, what was the point in getting it up a month and a half early? If you're just going to tear it down 48 hours after Christmas. You got to enjoy it. Exactly. We're here to enjoy life. Okay. (laughs) A lot of people listening to this podcast are saying, Ross, I'm here to listen to you gab about sports and not talk about Christmas lights and holidays and happy new year. So let's do that. I'm actually going to throw this to you. Do you want to start with your soon to be Super Bowl champion, Minnesota Vikings, or do you want to start with your soon to be NBA champion, Minnesota Timberwolves. We're going to talk about both today, but I'll let you choose where we start. Let's maybe kick it off with Wolves and uh, and and finish it with with what'll be like you said, Super Bowl champion Minnesota Vikings. Okay, so Wolves, as we record this, they are back to almost five hundred. I believe twenty and twenty-one. Let me scan the standings here. Yes, twenty and twenty-one as of this record date of Monday, January 9th. Now, a few days ago. I think I would have told you, hey, let's pod because I want to burn this entire thing down. Well, the team's playing slightly better. But I would say, Mitchell, as we talk today, we're literally at the halfway point of the season as far as games played for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't think the intention of making a big splash and getting Rudy Gobert, although there's been injuries, I don't believe the grand plan was to be one game under 541 games into the season. So let's talk about that. Where would you, not even the Gobert trade, just where would you put this scale on an A to F grade right now? Where is this season sitting for you at this moment? Because I'll acknowledge there's still a long way to go. And as somebody pointed out to me, I'm not trying to say that this will be the Timberwolves, the Boston Celtics were in a similar situation last year. Okay, so I get that. There's still half the season. But I don't think people thought the Wolves would be under 500. So A through F, what do you grade in the season? I'd say if I had to pick a flat grade, it would probably be a D, um, just for the the fact that, that there are injuries, and, and maybe that hasn't played – you know, that hasn't told the entire story, but that does play a factor, and, and there's no denying that. 
Um, if I could be a little bit more specific, I'd say probably D plus, um, just for the fact that, you know, they are, although it, what it, they aren't in, you know, they're, they're not the team we thought they would be. They're not, you know, they're not somebody that's, you know, sitting in a playoff spot or right, right now, or one of those top playoff spots, like we thought they would. And, and I think they even hoped that they would. Um, but they they're still right there and that that's really all you can ask for even if you are playing very up and down basketball like they are i mean it, they they still have a chance to turn it around once once cat does eventually get back i i think that'll that'll only help obviously getting a talent like that back helps in in various ways um but i when when grading them i i have a hard time giving them an f just because of the injury part um and and they're not you know one of the bottom two teams or something in the conference or even in the NBA. But I would say DD plus is kind of where I'm at. The way the season has played out so far, typically I am burn it down, tear it up. This is a failure type of guy, especially when it comes with the Minnesota Timberwolves, because look at their track record. I'm actually a bit more even keeled on this, on this one. I know you've, I've seen a lot of people, people who are a lot smarter with the NBA than I am that have basically already declared the Rudy Gobert trade is awful. It's never going to work out. The Wolves need to quickly figure out and pivot how to get out of this and minimize the damage as much as possible, which could down the road, maybe in the offseason, my only way just projecting out that you could potentially work your way out of this is to get some draft capital back. You'd have to trade Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, but that's that's in the offseason. And I'm not even sure you need to do that. At this point, you know, a lot of people, you see this too. Well, the Wolves are better without Carl Anthony Towns, at least the way the roster's currently constructed. They're better. They're actually better as a small team than they are as a big team. Well, okay, that might be true, but that wasn't the intent of this roster. And you're not going to sit Rudy Gobert or Carl Anthony Towns for big lengths of time just to accommodate that. So I guess what I'm getting at here is, you have to figure out. I don't think we had enough time to know if this was going to work or not work with the big three, and the big three being and Gobert and Towns. You need to get Towns back, and you need to see that big three for the back half of this season, hopefully healthy, before I think you can even begin to make assumptions if you need to figure out how to do damage control in the offseason. I don't think we're anywhere near that point. So it's disappointing. I think it's disappointing. But I also think we need to take a step back and see it a bit more on the floor. Yeah, I agree. I I do think that you know, I, and this kind of goes back to what was it last year or two years ago when when we were waiting to see. Oh, it was right after the the Angelo Russell. Yeah, yeah. When we didn't have like even five straight games of them together, um, so i kind of compare it that year to to right now, where we we just haven't had a, a large sample size. We don't fully know um i think obviously everybody wants wants cat to get back just for the sake of him being healthy again just to see you know what what is the possibility of this roster what what can they do um you know i i think that eventually it's going to end up swaying where whether or not they're able to get rid of them during the season um maybe even an off season i think delo's probably the odd man out in that you know, Ant's going to end up being the initiator of this offense, and we'll see. We'll see what happens off of that. 
Um, but you know, they, they, it's, they need cat back to, to trial and error that to see what works, what doesn't, okay, what do we need to surround, um, you know, these twin towers with what, what kind of personnel and do we have to surround them with, um, how do we incorporate ant and, and kind of get that, that big three flowing. So it, it, they're, it, it's hard to say this right now, but just just gotta wait and wait to see what what happens and, and once once Cat gets back, just see what kind of team they can be. Because, like you said, we we haven't had a real big sample size, um, and and I think that it's kind of unfair to judge it at this point, just for the fact that you know we did have that small sample size and it was at the early part of the season. You um, know, if it, if it was at a different point, that'd be I think a little different. I don't need to tell the September Wolves fans who have literally been waiting the better part of 35 <laughs> years, but when you've only won two playoff series and both in the same season, I think fans are well accustomed to waiting. So just maybe wait yeah. uh, one more season. I'm going to read you two stat lines and then pose a question. I'll even give you the player's name. So I'm not asking you to even guess who the players are. I'm going to tell you who they are. Okay. So Rudy Gobert, and I'm just going to take the ESPN stats, the very rudimentary stats. 14 points, almost 12 boards, and one assist a game. Okay, that's Rudy Gobert. 14 points, almost 12 boards, and one assist per game. Okay? Walker Kessler, who was indirectly traded for Rudy Gobert, almost seven points a game, six and a half boards, and about a half on an assist. Okay, I'm not saying Mitchell the Wolf should redo that trade, but what I'm saying is when you read those stats – is that stat differential from a rookie player and an established veteran really worth all the draft picks, the capital, and the players that you gave up? At this point, is it worth it? I would say, I'm not saying redo the trade, tear it up, don't do it, go back in time. But what I am saying is, if you told me Walker Kessler was going to do that in a half a season, I would say, are we sure we need to do all this for Rudy Gobert? That's, that's how I'd look at it. When you do look at at how they've performed so far, it you know it does make you kind of second guess. I think, like you said, if you go back and would the Wolves do it again if they could? Yeah, knowing what they know now, they would. I think they would do it again, um, just because you don't get a, a caliber player like Rudy Gobert even available uh, more often, or you know, most of the time in the in the NBA. So you got to take advantage of that when that opportunity arises. Um, but you know, when, when you look at it now, it, it, it's tough. Like they, they did give up a lot to, to kind of have similar production um, stats wise and numbers wise. Um, I do think that Rudy has the ability and, and will have the ability moving forward to kind of have a little bit of a different presence. Maybe the numbers don't tell the full story. Um, just his defensive presence. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, a crunch time um, or, you know, crunch, crunch time numbers or, um, you know, it, his performance down the stretch um so th- there are different factors that don't tell the full story when you're just comparing the overall um or overarching stats and how they performed but um i i definitely i get and i understand where you're coming from that, that they are kind of you know they do look pretty similar right now and we you know we gave up you know what we gave up we gave up everything but the kitchen sink to to bring in rudy gobert so well it, in one, you would guess the trajectory is only going to go up, and the other one, logically, because of age, is only going to start to go down at some point. So right. you'd like to think it's somewhere, and maybe not, who knows, but 
logic would tell you they'll probably meet somewhere in the middle. But no, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I just, when, and I fell victim to this when the Wolves got rid of him. I said, well, it's a big guy that you drafted 22nd overall. Odds are he's probably not going to be very good. Well, turns out he might actually be pretty good, which is just another complicated layer in the history of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, here, here's one for you. If the Wolves do decide as we start to approach the NBA trade deadline, maybe the Wolves decide that this is not the year, so they're going to move as much as they possibly can. And I don't think that would include Carl Anthony Towns. If that's ever going to happen, to me, that's more of an off-season move at some point. What is tradable on this Minnesota Timberwolves team? And if you did move D'Angelo Russell, what can you realistically get for him other than maybe a salary dump and a second-round pick? Is he worth a first-round pick to the right team? I have a hard time seeing that. Um, you know, I, I think it it will almost have to be a kind of a salary dump, maybe get somebody a lesser value for him to, to get rid of that contract. Um you know, I could see I could see somebody that's maybe a little bit more off ball, you know, kind of to my point earlier about maybe Ant running this offense um, or initiating the offense a little bit more, maybe pairing him against a, another off guard, um, you know, you know, off guard player um, or off ball player. Um, but the, to, I, I think to the point you're getting at is like there's there's not a lot that they can do right now. Um, so they 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 kind of got to figure out what they what they can do with what they have, um, and you know that it might if something does you know big drastic happens. I I I agree that it will probably likely happen in the off season when they're kind of evaluating big picture, um, and what's available, um, and and I think just in the off season you can maximize your value a little bit, a little bit more than you can during the season, um, especially when it comes to those star players or, or kind of the bigger players. Um, but yeah, there's, there's not, not a ton really that they can do. And, and that, that's kind of, kind of strapped them down a little bit because it's, it's not like you can necessarily, you know, package D low in a first rounder for somebody that's maybe equal value and kind of dump that salary, pick up that other player because they don't really have any picks right now. Um, uh, you, so people, they're, they're in a tough spot. People tend to think that I I'm negative, but on the wolves, I'm actually largely positive that this team will figure it out and hopefully move into the top six at some point this season and avoid the play in tournament, but the play in tournament, if that's what we want to call it, I don't even know what the NBA calls it. Um, what to you this year is a failure? Because I would say if you're not in the top six, even though it's year one of new regime, as far as, you know, GM and, and largely half, half of the players, I would still say that that's, I don't want to say failure because I'll backtrack on that. Cause you could still do something in that play in and then move on and win a playoff series, but I would rather not have to deal with that. So I think it's disappointing if you're not in the top six at year's end, is that fair? I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't necessarily consider it a failure either. I think it would be disappointing even if they, you know, didn't host a, a playoff game, a first round playoff game, um, just because of the high expectations we, we set for them. And, you know, we, and granted they are, they're only what three games out from, from hosting a playoff game. So they're not yeah. out of it and they're not out of that conversation. And it's, it's pretty tight in the West. Um, but so there's still a possibility, but I, you know, coming into the season with the high hopes that we had, 
you know, everybody thought, you know, could this be a top four team for sure? A top, you know, five, six team. Um, and for them to be, you know, kind of sitting kind of on the cusp of even being outside of the play. And, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's been disappointing. I would say that to consider it a failure, I would, I would kind of think maybe one of the bottom two play in spots or maybe one of the bottom play in tournament uh, seeds. I think that that would, not necessarily be a failure, but would be even more disappointing. Obviously, a failure would be missing the playoffs. But, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, for it to be a success or for to feel good about going into the postseason or, or kind of where they're at at the end of the year, obviously they they got to be playing much better than they are right now. And I think that it would be a top-four seed in hosting a playoff game. That That's where you you go into the playoffs and you're like, okay, we, we accomplished what we set out to accomplish this year. Now we – Obviously, got to do what you got to do in the playoffs, but um, that's just strictly looking at the regular season. So we know this all too well in the state of Minnesota. Our teams can fail us. The Minnesota Timberwolves can fail us, and they have. The Minnesota Wild can fail us, and they have. The Minnesota Twins can fail us, and they have, aside from two World Series championships. The Minnesota Vikings can darn near kill us, and they <laughs> – Well, I don't know if they haven't killed Mitchell and I, but I'm sure they've killed some people. Uh, One group that will not fail you is my friends at Beans Coffee Company. And one way to not be failed by Beans Coffee Company is to make sure you get signed up to their email newsletter. Why do you want to do that? Because you'll get advance notice on limited time sales, new releases, promo codes, all that fun stuff is at coffeebybeans.com. I just sounded very East Coast there. Coffeebybeans.com. While you're there, make sure you sign up for a coffee subscription. Subscriptions are super easy. You can set them up in one to eight week intervals. They can be customized by blend. Choose from a 12 ounce bag or a five pound bulk bag. Have them delivered right to your door. It's one less thing for your shopping list. One less thing that you can forget. Make sure you use the promo code SPORTSCHAT when you check out. That's SPORTSCHAT, all one word. Beans Coffee Company, they ship anywhere in the U.S. Free shipping on all orders of $35 or more. So you don't want to do the subscription. No big deal. Purchase by the bag. Also, a good way to test out that subscription is to purchase by the bag. That new Perfectus blend is incredible. It is some of the most delicious stuff I have put in my mouth ever. Yes, it's that good. And yes, I acknowledge that sounds a little dirty. Visit coffeebybeans.com today. Coffeebybeans.com. Take advantage of all the great stuff going on at Beans Coffee Company. Again, promo code SPORTSCHAT at coffeebybeans.com. All right, Mitchell, I see it every Sunday. You would be what I I would classify yourself at diehard super fan. I don't know. You're not the crazy people that show up to US Bank Stadium in full face paint and Zubas. You might I do that be, at home. Yeah, exactly. You might be, but you're doing <laughs> it from your home. But I get your skull Sunday snaps. I get your picture of your jersey that you're wearing. You got your flag. So you're all in on the purple. I am too. I actually, this again will shock a lot of people. I actually don't think the Vikings heartbreak hits until at least the NFC championship game. I can make a case to you 
that I think the Vikings can beat, even with two-fifths of an offensive line. I can make a case to you. I think they can beat anybody in the NFC. I can also buy how they lose to the Giants on Sunday. It, it can literally go anyway. I'm choosing to be positive. I, I actually buy a scenario where the Vikings beat the Giants. They go to San Francisco and win. And, hey, maybe they get lucky. Maybe they're hosting an NFC championship game. I think it would end if you had to go back to Philly. It would probably end there. That's where I'm at. I kind of buy this Vikings team, even though I really don't believe in this Vikings team. But Mitchell, here's the brilliance and the beauty. I don't believe in anybody in the NFC. (laughs) So I think that gives the Vikings a legitimate chance to do something. Thoughts? I So, yes, I agree with every just about everything you said. Um, I do think that the Vikings are going to make it to the NFC Championship game. I also believe that it is absolutely wide open this year. Another thing is, I don't, I, to your point, I don't think they're going to beat Philadelphia in Philadelphia. I don't know if anybody's going to beat Philadelphia in an NFC Championship game in Philly. Um, but I'm not that confident that Philly's going to reach the NFC Championship game. I, I actually think Dallas is going to end up. obviously taking down Tampa Bay um, on Monday. Um, And then I think that they're going to end up going into Philly and taking down Philly. Um, Just, just with the the fact that Philadelphia is just, while Jalen hurts is not healthy, obviously he gets this extra week of rest, which is huge um, and will be much needed, but I could see it being potentially Vikings Cowboys at us bank stadium, NFC championship game. And that would be, that would set up for the ultimate disappointment if <laughs> if it didn't go in in the purple's favor. But I I do think that it's very open this year, which obviously plays into the Vikings' favor, plays into anybody in the NFC's favor. But I I do think it's open this year, and now the Vikings are going to lose this weekend against. Uh, the <laughs> well, we we both opened ourselves up for that, but you know what? Yeah. It, I it, I think it could happen. I just think. I think enough of the Vikings that they'll find a way to get it done. And if they don't, uh, good luck to the Giants winning another game after that. I would say if the Vikings get to take on the Cowboys again, I'd like to think they'll do slightly better than losing 40-3 to this time. I don't know if they would entirely erase that deficit, but I'd like to think it would be slightly more competitive than 40-3. to Let's say I would rather have them lose to the Giants this weekend than to lose 40 to 3 in the NFC championship <laughs> game to, to, to Dallas. Let's just get it over with right now then to to go through that again. But Well, that was going back to what? Cousins second year here would have been 20 maybe 2019. That is the beauty of getting drubbed by San Francisco in the divisional round, right? You don't have to have the heartbreak of losing another NFC championship game, which right. I believe is five NFC championship games in a row that they've lost, I believe, going back to the late 80s, which, again, is another thing that I firmly believe could almost only happen in Minnesota. You think you would show up just one out of five times, regardless of where the game's being played, and be better than your opponent. Yeah. But oh yeah, hasn't happened yet. Okay, a part of my equation to the Minnesota Vikings making it to the NFC Championship game, I actually believe the Niners can win the NFC. I really still do believe that, even though they're down to quarterback number three, who has started to show some signs of not being perfect, but he's still been good enough, and that roster is just incredible. 
I mean, the Niners, even when they didn't have a great record and were down to Jimmy Garoppolo after Lance got injured, they still thought their team was good enough to go all in and get Christian McCaffrey. That's what the Niners think of their roster. However, a part of my math here is that the Vikings beat the Giants. I don't see much of a chance that Seattle beat San Francisco, but it could happen. So the Vikings then go to San Francisco. At some point, Brock Purdy might not look pedestrian-like. He might not look like Tim Boyle or Nathan Peterman. But at some point, he's going to look a little deer in the headlights. Is it the Vikings defense that's going to do it to him? I don't know. Probably not. But can they? Yeah, I, I think so. So that's my calculus in the Vikings getting to the NFC Championship game. And I love your thought about the Vikings being being one of the rare teams to leave and then return home and host a championship game. That would be fun. I hope that happens. I've said for years, Mitchell, when the Vikings win a Super Bowl, it's going to happen almost, it's going to be two ways. You either never saw it coming and it happened, which even though they won 13 games this year, I would classify this season as a you didn't really see it coming. Or they're going to have to go 15-2 and and get the number one seed and never leave U.S. Bank Stadium. It's probably not going to happen in a year where they're like, oh, that's a really good two seed and we think highly of the Vikings because that's not how the Vikings in Minnesota sports operate. Mm -hmm. The only way it's going to happen is when you truly don't expect it or this historically really bad road team, especially outdoors, doesn't have to leave an indoor stadium. Yeah, I I do I do think that you know it does classify this year as the and like you said they 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 won 13 games. Like that's that's nothing to scoff at and that's you know that doesn't happen necessarily by accident. Um but I don't think anybody really expected that to happen. I don't think anybody even expects the Vikings to do anything in the playoffs because of what took place in the regular season that you know, not a lot of people think they are legit and, you know, they, they got all these last second, um, you know, one score victories and, and kind of last second uh, victories um, kind of putting a damper on the, the legitimacy of the team. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've said this honestly the entire season. I don't know what kind of team this is. And I still don't know what kind of team this is. <laughs> and that scares the crap out of me. But I think that, you know, when you, you were talking about, um, you know, San Francisco, I do think that they're going to, they're going to run out of steam and they're, they're going to, they're going to get to that point. And I think it'll happen in the playoffs just because he only can overcome so much when it comes to injuries, especially at the quarterback position and to just keep going over and over, um, you know, with, with the same scenario, I know Shanahan, everybody credits his offense and it's a Shanahan offense and anybody can play in it, but. I don't know. It it's it's tough when you're when you're down to what they're down to. But. It might not be a fair criticism, but after watching him and Matt Ryan have one of the biggest botches of all time, it's I just yeah. really have a hard time 100% buying into Shanahan and believing in him. I mean, you know, when you're leading by two, three scores late in the game, heaven forbid you let the play clock tick down inside of three seconds. Let's just keep snapping it at 15 to 20 seconds left. Mm-hmm. 
on the play, Cock. I'm only slightly bitter because I said for two weeks that the Falcons were going to win that Super Bowl and they'd win it easily. And for two and a half quarters, I looked brilliant. So I guess I am still bitter about that to this day, Mitchell. Uh, one, one final thought for you, and then we'll segue back to the Timberwolves. This year, I get it. We've added a game and we've also added a playoff team. But every year, the Vikings have these pop-up seasons where they compete in the NFC. It just always seems to be ill-timed. They're 13 and four, and they're the three seed. They're not even the two seed. They're the three seed. You know, you go back to 2009 when they missed out on ha- uh, missed out having uh, home field advantage because stupid Sh- Sean Sweezum can't make a 19-yard field goal <laughs> against the Saints, right? When the Vikings have a pop-up season, would it kill them one time to do it and just get the one or two seed? You have 13 games and you're only guaranteed one home game. You can't control it, it, but it's also, it does kind of explain the bad luck of the franchise, right? It does. Pick your pop-up seasons better. Right, yeah. Pick your your season when everybody's bad. I mean, exactly. now... Even if they would have had a mediocre year, like the rest of the division was bad. I mean, they just—I don't know. It, I agree. It—it it seems like it always happens at the at the worst times. And hopefully, hopefully this year is just a little bit different. Hopefully, it doesn't matter what seed they have. Hopefully, it doesn't matter how many wins they have. Hey, I newsflash: uh, teams have went on the road and won multiple road playoff games. So the the Vikings are allowed to do it too if they ever want to party. With the Lombardi. Okay, What's your let prediction? people know where they can find your work, your, your Twitter handle, what websites they need to be visiting, and are you currently working on anything for the soon-to-be NBA champion, Minnesota Timberwolves? Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on, on, on Twitter, um, M underscore Hanson13, as you, as you mentioned. Um, that's E-N, the correct way on Hanson. The only way. Um, exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, you can follow me on there. Um, I usually plug all my work that I'm I'm doing or if, if I have something coming up that I want you to keep an eye out for, I usually I usually um, uh, place it there as well as all my, my random Vikings um, gifts and just random, random thoughts that I have uh, that probably drive people nuts. But um, when it comes to, to stuff I'm, I'm working on, I'm actually doing a little bit of um, Wolves and Lynx stuff or just kind of a mix of both for, for Canis. Um, so I, I actually have some, some Lynx stuff that will be coming out um, sometime soon, but I'll, I'll be doing also some, some preview stuff, and um, that that will be coming up here this week too for the, for the Timberwolves. So plenty of stuff there so far and to come as well. In relation to the Minnesota Vikings, I hope to not see a I am sad gif for the rest of the year. Wouldn't that be fun? You know, that's one of my favorites. It, <laughs> it, it's very Minnesota themed. And it, I don't even know where it came from. I still no, me somewhere. <laughs> but I do it during twin season. I do it during wolf season. I do it during Viking season. I'll probably do it during a wild season in the playoffs. <laughs> I... Once you know, my Huskies reach the, the Frozen Four, then I'll probably do it then. But. You know, the, the Vikings going, you know, losing five straight NFC title games. I mean, you can kind of buy how that happens. I still can't make sense of how the Minnesota Twins don't just show up one time and win a game in the playoffs just because they showed up. It's their losing streak. Uh, they'll be 30 for 30 documentaries about it when the thing finally comes to an end. That's at eight is it 18 or not it's so bad i can't is it 18 or 19 i can't even tell you it's i want to say it's 19 is it 19 
mean, I don't. I don't even know. Too That's long. the point, though. It's so yeah. long. We can't. I don't. I can't even tell you how long it is. Yeah. Uh, very quickly. Poetic that our Huskies and Gophers would split, right? You know, because that way neither one of us can rip the other on this pod. I was I was really hoping they'd pull off the, the sweep on Sunday so I could come on here and wear my Huskies gear and uh but no it, it that was a fun series. That was a really fun series. I thought actually SECU was gonna take that second game after tying it in the third period, but um your your gophers and they they stole they not only stole the head coach, but they also <laughs> stole game two in that series. Can can we get we were so close I think it was last year, time, you know, times of vapor. Um, but I think it was last year where we had three of four teams in the frozen four from Minnesota. Can we get all four one of these years? Every year it's a possibility when you look at the brackets. Yeah. No, it, and there's no better place to have all Minnesota frozen four than Tampa, Florida. Because <laughs> we, we, you know we'd all rather more than likely want to be there than here. Although right. – Early to mid-April, you never truly know what you're getting into here in the Twin Cities. Sometimes it's nice, sometimes it's awful. But I, uh, I, I think this Gopher team can win the national championship. But the beauty of the NCAA hockey tournament is it is just one game. You never know, and nobody knows that better than Bob Motzko, who I think has had plenty of national mm-hmm. championship contender teams, and they didn't do anything. So right. time will tell. Time watch count. watch this year there'll be probably another it'll be another occurrence where i think it was the pittsburgh year um when there was three out of four teams from minnesota um watch this year it happen again and it'll be in tampa next year it's at the xl in st paul watch there be like no minnesota nobody. teams yeah, yeah. <laughs> no minnesota teams this is the only time it would play in favor what's that it'll be all the east coast teams oh yeah that, yep. that's what'll happen yep uh, mitchell you're the best i enjoyed uh, uh catching up appreciate you coming on and appreciate the work because somebody needs to keep me informed on the timberwolves when i decide to check out of games hey thanks for having me it's always a always a blast and and hopefully we can chat again soon M underscore Hansen 13 on the Twitter machine, Mitchell Hansen from Canis Hoopus on the 149th edition of Minnesota Sports Chat. That will do it for this edition. Please make sure you rate and review kindly. Also tell your friends and family all about Minnesota Sports Chat. Daniel House is actually going to join next week because it turns out nobody wants to coach the Gopher football team anymore other than the head football coach. So he's going to talk to me about all the new assistants Uh, Well, the assistants that are leaving and also the incoming assistants to the Golden Gopher football program. The now three years in a row, if you throw out the COVID year, nine plus wins in a row for the Golden Gopher football program. I'm Ross Brendel saying thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again real soon.